Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Studio C. Oh, C.C. York. Dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. On uh, Tuesday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Pano Canelos. What was that? Pano Canelos. Okay. That is the name of the gentleman. The hero. The leader. The sage. The leading light. Who left as president of St. John's College in Annapolis to build that new university in Austin, dedicated to truth and the free exchange of ideas. It's getting a lot of attention. We'll tell you more about it. But this is the guy at the head of it, and I love, love, love it. Yeah, we were talking about this yesterday. I listened to a podcast with Neil Ferguson, historian who we've had on the show a bunch of times. Da-da! He's uh he's one of the founders of the thing, and uh, you know if he's on board with anything intellectually, I'm I'm there. But uh, yeah, I'm very excited about that. A bunch of your leading light intellectuals are talking about Peter Bogosian, who we had on a couple weeks ago, and a variety of people that have been canceled by the weird world of academics now. And what can we do about it? Well, they're going to start a new university. I try to stay away from hyperbole, so trust me when I say the sickness and perversity that's invaded our college campuses, our universities, the greatest university system in the world, is absolutely past the point of needing strong, strong medicine. It is crazy on college campuses, as we've discussed, and uh, these folks say, all right, here's the alternative. We're going to do it right, and I salute them for that. I'm going to buy season tickets to their football games. They probably won't have football games. I will contribute generously. I will uh, I will go there and clean the toilets in the dorms if necessary. I will I will support it with every fiber of me. Well, there's just going to be a grad school to start with. It'll be a while before they get around to undergraduates, but uh, some football teams and whatnot. Ah. <laughs> but, uh, well, um, I could use an advanced degree, a couple letters next to the name. Right now, I got nothing. So I think the big headline of the day, whether you know it or not, is that inflation has reached a 30-year high. Ah, it's transitory. As the numbers from October are in. 30-year high for inflation, so yipes. In my little attempt at wit there, maybe I'll explain. uh, Where did I read this the other day? It doesn't really matter. But uh, the old chairman of the uh, the uh, the Federal Reserve, uh, what's his face, uh, gave a speech in August explaining why the inflation was just transitory and it'll be fine. Well, the numbers that have come out recently have refuted each of the three points he made in that speech. It's regular old inflation. Oof. Oof is right. And I'm not an economics guy, but uh, from what I understand, the government sp- committing to spend trillions and trillions of dollars is not going to help. Well, yeah, absolutely. We have a dumpster fire, and Joseph R. Biden is is uh, got the, uh, the the hose from the gas station and is pointing it at the dumpster fire, about to squeeze the old uh, handle thingy. True international average of pressure. Good golly. Well, man, when you fill up with gas and when you go to the grocery store, you sure notice it. I mean, it's it's noticeable. Oh, yeah. God, every time I get my grocery bill, I mean, I, you know, I buy a bunch of stuff. I don't pay that much attention individually. And then the total's like, wait a second. I just spent 80 bucks. 
about like four things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, meat, super crazy expensive right now. Yeah, everything is. Well, and then you got the shrinkflation, shrinkflation which is just, we eat a lot of cereal. I got uh, two boys, uh, 9 and 11, and we eat a lot of cereal, and it's just each box has got like a bowl and a half in it. So oh. maybe your bill isn't higher because you bought the same number, but you're out of cereal constantly unless you're right. going to buy 10 boxes at a time. And, and back you go. Yeah, and and all kinds of different stuff are like that. But, man, it's it's... Inflation at a 30-year high, that is definitely the headline of the day. And no sign of letting up anytime soon. Boy, that, that, that could end up being the dominant story. The thing that the White House is asked about every single day. I suspect it will. And I would encourage you all, uh, especially those of you who live in swing districts, um, to get in touch with your congressperson and make it clear to them that the idea of pouring more gasoline on the dumpster fire of inflation is the worst idea you can conceive of. Let them know how you feel. Let's start the show officially. I misstated. It is not Tuesday. It is Wednesday, November the 10th, the year 2021. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. You're the sexiest man alive! You're the sexiest man alive! That was Paul Rudd on Stephen Colbert. I guess Paul Rudd was named the sexiest man alive. He was? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Paul Rudd. Reasonably sexy. Of course, you know, I don't swing that way, so what do I know? Huh. I'll be darned. You know, it occurs to me that if you don't want to call or write your congressperson, alternately you could chase them into a bathroom and screech at them through the stall door like a lunatic. That seems to be fair uh, game these days. It's the way we do things now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, there's just a, we haven't had inflation like in our adult lifetimes. Not really. No, not of significance. No, and we are not twenty five years old. Um, well, right. I I do remember since I was a weird little kid and read the newspaper every day. Um, I do remember the enormity of the issue. Oh yeah, I in I, the seventies. I, I do too, but I wasn't like you know I wasn't buying stuff and feeling it myself. But I do remember it constantly being. A topic of the news constantly yeah. back in the day. And uh, Gerald Ford ran for president on win, W-I-N, whip inflation now. And uh, it was the topic. But I uh, now that I'm an adult and I'm dealing with inflation for the first time in my lifetime, it's got a, a grinding element to it. It's got a, um, um, it like sucks the life out of you. There's something just about, wait a second, I filled up my car and it costs that much? Well, every time it costs that much. Well, right. Every time you engage in a transaction, it injects worry into your veins. Financial worry, short term and long term. Oh, yeah. And you think about any money you've got saved up just went down that much percent in its value. It's just like somebody took, you know, that many thousand dollars out of your 401k or your savings or whatever. Right. And and then you picture yourself as an 80 year old begging for scraps of food by the roadside. Wow. You went dark. Well, come on now. I'm 80. And yes, I'm, I'm, I'm by the roadside for some reason. I'm not sure that's the best place to be. <laughs> well, because this, you have no food left. You have no savings. I'm going to get somewhere more high foot traffic than cars. Hoping that a car will come by with a scrap of food? Well, no, you could beg him for money or food. Oh, okay. Maybe they got half a sandwich in there. You don't know. I, I, Super I don't, bonus. I also know if, because I don't drive around with scraps of food in my car, but perhaps right. you do. You have a little uh, bowl? I do. <laughs> Depends. <Buckets>. Depends. <laughs> I don't know, maybe I got half a burg left. I think, yeah, I kind of want this, but that poor 80-year-old who's 
Savings were sapped by inflation. Needs it more than I do. What's this big bucket in the back seat with the SOF on it? That's scraps of food. Exactly. I toss it to eight hungry 80-year-olds. Wow. Wow. <laughs> the lighter side of inflation-based starvation. <laughs> wow. You didn't have to put that final point on it. I like to call them as I see them. <laughs> Stand for honesty. How does mailbag look, which is on uh, the way? It's pretty good, really. The theme is uh, stuff we got wrong. Not wrong. The but, theme uh, you know. is things we got wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll skip mailbag and hang around the coffee machine and see if anybody comes by to talk to. Corrections and addendums. Okay. Our text line Go is, down to the roadside. See if there are any starving 80-year-olds. Help I'll, them out. I'll, uh, the text line is 415-295-KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Maybe later this hour we'll break down some of the numbers behind the numbers on these inflation stats that are out. Inflation at the highest it's been in 30 years and with no sign really of letting up. And I don't know how you'd expect it to let up when we're pumping out trillions of dollars more uh, programs. Plus, inflation, as we've talked many times, has got an emotional component to it, to where if you start worrying about inflation, you create inflation. So all that on the way later. Yeah, yeah, yikes, 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 yikes. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Continuing our series with the great Margaret Thatcher, former prime minister of England, the Iron Lady. Super double bonus uh, freedom-loving Wednesday. A couple of quotes from uh, Maggie. Number one, Europe was created by history. America was created by philosophy. Mm, good one. That's a good one. That is a very good one. I'd like to read a good biography of uh, Maggie Thatcher. I have to dig that up uh, and then and, and skip the 400-page boring childhood portion and get to the good portion. But um, I'd like to read a good biography. Of her. Uh, and then she said this, uh, a world without nuclear weapons would be less stable and more dangerous for all of us. Boy, yeah, that is that is true until it's not. It's true until it's not. Well, it's always been true until it's not. <laughs> I, I see your point absolutely. Uh, mailbag. A couple of things. We posted at armstrongandgetty.com or are about to under hot links. Uh, really interesting video from Jordan Peterson in which he calls for humanity, civility, uh, kindness, mercy in our discourse. I actually watched that just yesterday. Oh really? Yeah, I found it uh, interesting, moving. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I, I don't like our chances, <laughs> and I think he's a communist idiot. I kid. Uh, and also Ryan Long, the genius who brought us uh, woke versus racist when they become best friends, uh, among other great comedy videos. Uh, how to be a blogger? So funny. Oh, are we going to play that later? Well, it's it's highly visual. Oh darn it! Um, the the punchline of it is. You have two, like, folders full of cut-out cards, like, uh, paste up with words on them. And all you have to do for every blog is blank has a problem with blank. So, the NFL has a problem with Islamophobia. Or, the New York Times has a problem with sexism. 
or the and and then as he's doing this, he gives dozens of examples flashing up on your screen. Mm. That is such a just a worn out trope of the crap you see posted to your Facebook feed or whatever every single day. The Armstrong and Getty show has a problem with dwarfophobia. Dwarfophobia? Just just to pick something ridiculous. Just every everything is the same stupid format kind of fake uh, controversy. On to the correspondence proper. There we go. Love you guys, writes uh, Charlie. Drive a truck for a living. Only time I'm not listening to mm, satellite radio. Don't listen to that. It's bad for you. I give you cancer. Is when you're on <laughs> oh, from Portland to L.A. I can count on my show. Thanks a million. LGB. Back at you, Charlie. Appreciate it. LGB. I'm not, right? I'm not sure you can say satellite radio gives you cancer. I didn't say that. Mm. Uh, I, my Twitter account got hacked. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Twitter. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jay writes, what's my pronoun? Well, it's complicated and foreign. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I haven't been asked yet in a meeting to list my pronouns, but here's what I'd say. Hi, my name is Jay. I'm 11% Scandinavian. The rest, subcontinent Asian and Pacific Islander mongrel. My pronouns are Sri slash Sriman and Thakur, which means I'm in a superior caste than all of you. Based on my caste and cultural intersectionality, you all are not supposed to even look at me when in the eye when talking to me. It's also preferred that you sit at a lower level than me, so my head is always above yours. Wow. Well, when will this nuttiness end? I just wish I was in your caste, Jay. Oh, that sounds great. Uh, why do people get punched at McDonald's for their fries being slow? Writes we, Dana. We got onto this topic yesterday. It was another one of those stories, and I asked, why is it always, uh, you know, McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell? It doesn't seem to happen at Applebee's or TGI Fridays or Chili's. Is what, What's different about the restaurants? I think we I'm find, telling you, it's just a lower cover charge. I think we, yeah, I think we nailed down it's got more drunk people go to uh, those places. But Although Dana writes, why is there more violence at fast food restaurants due to slow service? You ask, because it's supposed to be fast food. You see, it's in the name. LGCFB, let's go chicken effing Brandon. What? what? That is incoherent, sir. <laughs> trying to oh. combine the two slogans gotcha. incoherently. Yeah. Not appreciated, Dana. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, boy. Speaking of things that aren't appreciated, that Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Have you followed that? The young man who had the rifle during the Black Lives Matter protests and ended up shooting a handful of people. Boy, is that a crazy trial and 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 going just completely sideways. We'll tell you more about it to come. Uh, an interesting point here from Greg. Not that as timely as it could be, but remember when we dis- described portions of Colin Kaepernick's new Netflix series comparing the NFL to slavery? Mm-hmm. Demeaning treatment of the players with no dignity left intact. Well, apart from the fact that he's tried desperately for years to become such a slave again, quote-unquote slave, and that presumably all the other non-black players are treated exactly the same, they absolutely are, I was recently reading of the intrusive and demeaning treatment of the original Mercury astronauts at the start of the space race. Oh, yeah. You may recall similar scenes from the movie The Right Stuff. Sure. All those astronauts were white. Um, yeah, it's a good point. Although, you know, Greg, and, and ex- excellent points and well said, my friend. Uh, on the other hand, I just don't feel much need to respond to Colin Kaepernick. I feel bad for him. I think he's a nice kid who got just swayed by a hot activist girlfriend and his times. He's got more money than he can ever use. And, 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 you know, I just, I, I don't think he's that 
together. I was almost going to watch some of his Netflix series on uh, TV over the weekend. Thought I could talk about it, but I just couldn't bring myself. I thought, I just am not in the mood for this. I'm really not in the mood for this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He can memorize uh, a playbook and read defenses better than me. So he's not a dumb guy. But he lacks capacity to understand some things that I think maybe he should or he should be quiet if he doesn't. Anyway, moving on. Here's Hugh in Lafayette. Guys, always amazed at the points you bring out about politics and history, yet there are times you can't add two plus two. Who do you think ran the presidency from October to December of 1919? Jack knows the answer. When, uh, what's his face? What's his you face? know his face. I keep uh, Lyndon Johnson keeps uh, uh, leaping to mind. Wrong Democrat. The great progressive uh, World War One. Ah, uh, God. Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Woodrow Wilson. Right. Ah, uh, when he had a stroke. Uh, who doesn't? Why doesn't President Biden know about the DOJ plans to give four hundred fifty k to the illegal aliens? Why doesn't he know what's going on at the border? Why is he so much more progressive than he was in the past? There's a ri- there's a Biden running the government. It just isn't Joe. Oh, Jill Biden is running the administrations <laughs> behind the scenes, just like old Lady McGilley. or Wilson. <laughs> Wilson, whatever. Woodrow Wilson's wife was running the presidency while he was in bed after a stroke. But that I don't think that's happening with Joe Biden. But I do think that he's got a lot of handlers that are running things. Uh, we'll check in on inflation, among other things on the way. Some of the numbers behind the numbers are worse than the front numbers. So. What? Yeah. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Nike has filed for trademarks for a new line of virtual clothing. It'll be the first Nike clothing line made entirely by virtual children. Now, I had a feeling this one was going to be pretty bumpy and uh, called it. I like any joke that... uh Makes fun of Nike and their practices. Um, inflation. We'll talk a little bit about that next segment. Get into some of the details behind the details. Yeah, it's up uh, the most it has in 30 years. Economy is far and away, according to the latest polls, the number one um, issue in America. So all combining for a giant, giant story. More on that on the way. Yeah, I'm trying to decide where to begin on this story. I have a number of different resources. Uh, an editorial by Neil Ferguson, a uh, great uh, friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show, a historian, writer, uh, Hoover Institution uh, mind. Uh, we, I have a, a piece by Pano Canalos, who is the former president of St. John's College, who's going to help build the, well, I should, uh, our topic is the University of Austin, a brand new university, uh, dedicated to academic freedom, freedom of speech, free exchange of ideas, and, and a huge departure from the current toxic, you know, uh, atmosphere on college campuses. The guy, America. the guy they chose to, uh, to run the thing from St. John's College is an interesting choice. I've talked about St. John's College many times over the years, um, because it's a college I wish I, 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 st- I still, it's like, I, I dabble with the thought of going there someday because I just think it'd be so awesome. There are two campuses. I'm, I'm familiar with the one in uh, in Santa Fe. He's from the one in Maryland. But anyway, it's the same college. And th- the reason he's the right guy for this new university is St. John's College is all based on the great books philosophy. It's just the canon of Western civilization. And you learn your math 
and your your science and your history and your economics and everything from reading the great books of history. Mm, and uh, and and most of that stuff and most of those people are being canceled today on current college campuses because it is an awful lot of dead white men that wrote all those books. And so it's an interesting choice to have a guy from that college uh, run the thing. Indeed, and a deliberate choice, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, he, uh, the newly founded college was announced on Barry Weiss's Substack on Monday, and hundreds of college professors, hundreds of them, are pleading to join that new university dedicated to free speech just hours after it was announced. I would say give it two weeks when everybody's heard about this, and it will be tens of thousands. Among those leaping at the idea, another good friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show, Peter Bogosian, uh, Neil Ferguson, who he mentioned, and, and others. It wouldn't surprise me a bit if uh, James Lindsay didn't end up uh, teaching there. Some of the biggest uh, names that have been canceled in the world, there's a woman from Great Britain, I forget her name, but she she ran afoul of the trans police, and she is uh, one of the great thinkers in her field and got booted out of her university. So she's going to be involved. I remember there was that uh, one of the best-known uh, teachers of music on Earth at, I think it was Oxford, got canceled because right. he refused to stop teaching uh, Beethoven, that sort of thing. Uh, so anyway, uh, I, I thought Neil Ferguson's defense, his uh, advocacy of this project in particular was eloquent, not surprisingly, because I like his uh, his writing. But he starts with, if you enjoyed Netflix's The Chair, a lighthearted depiction of crisis-prone English department at an imaginary Ivy League college, you're clearly not in higher education. Something is rotten in the state of academia, and it's no laughing matter. Great inflation, spiraling costs, corruption and racial discrimination in admissions, junk content like grievance studies published in risable journals. Risable, a fancy word that means beneath contempt. Above all, the erosion of academic freedom and the ascendancy of an illiberal, quote, successor ideology, known to its critics as wokeism, which manifests itself as career-ending cancellations and speaker disinvitations, but less visibly generates a pervasive climate of anxiety and self-censorship. Some say that universities are so rotten that the institution itself should simply be abandoned and replaced with an online alternative. A metaversity, perhaps, to go with the metaverse. I disagree. I've long been skeptical that online courses and content can be anything other than supplementary to the traditional real-time, real-space college experience. We could certainly discuss that point. Yeah, I, I took in a podcast this week in which he went into depth on that for like 45 minutes. So I was kind of surprised he is not a fan of MOOCs or any kind of online university. Uh, MOOC, can you say that on the air? What is that an acronym for? Massive Online... Something, something college? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the idea, though. It's an online college. Um, and then to jump over to uh, Pano Canelos, that's the jet from St. Saint, Saint John's College in Annapolis, um, why they're starting one. Um, the numbers are just amazing. Uh, you know, he starts his start, his, his, his lead is so eloquent. I got to hit it with you. Uh, so much is broken in America, but higher education might be the most fractured institution of all. There's a gaping chasm between the promise and the reality of higher education. Yale's motto is Lux et Veritas, light and truth. Harvard proclaims simply Veritas, truth. Young men and women of Stanford are told, Diluf der Freiheit weht. The wind of freedom blows, and these are soaring words. But in these top schools and in so many others, can we actually claim the the pursuit of truth? 
Once the central purpose of university remains the highest virtue, do we honestly believe that the crucial means to that end, freedom of inquiry and civil discourse, prevail when illiberalism has become a pervasive feature of campus life? Hey, it's some good English writing there. Anyway, to get to the stats I wanted to hit. Go ahead, Jack. Sorry. I hope this works. Um, I really, really do. The, the people they've got behind it, it's a very impressive list of some of the best thinkers in the world. So it's, you know, it's got a good, uh, it's got a damn good start. But I don't think it's being overblown by Neil Ferguson or anybody else that the whole idea of a university is really um, uh, on fragile ground right now. I mean, uh, 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 the the idea of it lasting into the future and anybody thinking that it's worth a damn is, uh, is up in the air. I would agree. I would absolutely agree. And I'll tell you this, um, from the perspective of a, a big fan of history, when an institution like the university system is as diseased as it is and has gone wrong as it has gone wrong, those of us who care and want to turn it into something better or turn it back to something better will often be run over by the angry mob behind us, you know? The dragging professors out into the public square and beating them to death period of history is, is a common as sensible reforms. And I'm not, I'm not saying, therefore universities, you need to reform or you're going to be beaten by mobs. I'm, I'm just saying that if they don't write their ship themselves, the correction might not be a really nice one. Right. Um, anyway, uh, so here are the stats I really wanted to get to. Um, nearly a quarter of American academics in the social sciences or humanities endorse ousting a colleague for having a wrong opinion about hot-button issues like immigration or gender differences. Nearly a quarter of academics say if somebody disagrees with the prevailing point of view, they should be fired. Canceled! So much for veritas in the free wind of truth. Wow. Over a third of conservative academics and Ph.D. students say they've been threatened with disciplinary action for their views, for their ideas. Four out of five American Ph.D. students, allegedly our best and brightest, although I, and I know Jack, have a bit of skepticism about the idea that they who pursue the most degrees and never wade out into the real world are our best and brightest. Mm, What's your life experience on that? Yeah, right, right, exactly. But anyway, four out of five American Ph.D. students are willing to discriminate against right-leaning scholars. Four out of five. Eighty percent are willing to discriminate against those, those ugly, wrong, fascist conservatives. Well, they've, they've, you know what? They've absorbed their education well. I'll, I'll give their colleges and universities credits. You, uh, credit. You tried to teach them to be belligerently prejudiced, and they are. So Neil Ferguson mentioned on this podcast I was listening to, and he wouldn't say the university, but he said at a major university, and he has taught at Harvard, Oxford, Stanford, all the big ones. And he said, all the big Fords. He said uh, at a major university, he said the president of a university told him that he gets at least one complaint a day of recommendation to have a a uh, a professor fired mm. from somebody complaining yeah. about something said every day it yeah. happens it's yeah. a daily occurrence that's amazing well that's because you know if i was paying what college students and their parents and their loan providers are paying i'd get picky too 
It's like, you know, staying at a great hotel and there's hair on the bed. I'm calling the front desk. <laughs> anyway, uh, a couple more stats for you. The picture among undergrads is even bleaker. In Heterodox Academy's 2020 campus expression survey, almost two-thirds, 62% of sampled college students agreed that the climate on their campus prevented students from saying things they believe. A strong majority believe that. Nearly 70% of the students favor reporting professors if the professor says something students find offensive. The Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, FIRE, which I support with my dollars as well as my voice, reports at least 491 disinvitation campaigns since 2000, and roughly half, about 250 of them, were successful. On our quads, faculty are being treated like thought criminals, and they go into the story of Dorian Abbott, that University of Chicago scientist was supposed to talk about space at MIT, disinvited, because he doesn't have believe the right things about the woke culture. Peter Bogosian again, philosophy professor at Portland State University, finally quit after years of harassment, physical and professional, by faculty and administrators. Kathleen Stock, professor at University of Sussex, just resigned after mobs threatened her over her her research on sex and gender. Again, i got to figure out what these people need. You know, if I can make some small contribution to them, I am 100%. Uh, down, you know. Occasionally, we'll get an email saying, "Hey, you guys bring up problems all the time. What do you? How about solutions? What What are the solutions? Well, often the solutions are extremely difficult and complicated. But in this case, I'm I'm down with these people. I'm going to see if we can get it up and going. Uh, it'll be a slow process, but if they could start to get students out into you know higher levels of society, whether it's academics or the workplace or whatever, and employers say, "Hey, these young people coming out of this university." aren't uh, yelling at me for using the wrong pronouns or uh, or, or cringing in fear if somebody <laughs> you know, says the wrong thing in a meeting or whatever. We want to hire more of these people. And then, you know, maybe it snowballs from there. Yeah, you might have a professor who says, I think a human with ovaries is a woman, and people without ovaries are not women, without being run out of their, their job. It's a hell of an interesting idea. I'm very excited that it's happening. Me too. And I the, think it's great. And the names that are attached to it. It's just, it's absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. They're serious people. This is not, you know, a couple of DJs, you know, <laughs> whipping up something for a couple of fake contributions online, then they disappear with the money. These are serious people. That St. John's College that I was talking about that I'd always kind of dreamed of going to, and I, I, I'm, I've, I don't know that I'm smart enough to be able to do it, but so, uh, like, at least the way they used to do it. And the Santa Fe campus is just, it, it's beautiful, but that's, the classes are tiny. There aren't very many people to go to this college because it's rigorous. Um, but so, you you know, your assignment's going to be uh, read Chaucer. And then so you come in next week and you sit around and you talk about it. Like there's not a paper, there's not a grade, there's, you sit around and talk at it. And the, and the professor decides whether you've, uh, you know, fully absorbed it and understand it enough or not, period. Um, that's it. I've that's, read Josser, and I have not. That's the whole grading system. I, mean, I didn't absorb much. <laughs> I absorbed several beers after I gave up in frustration. Okay, this weekend, go read Plato, come in, we'll discuss it next week, and at the end of the week, I'll decide whether or not you uh, you passed or not. See, I'd come back and announce I played with Plato all weekend long. What? Oh. Plato with a T? Oh. I didn't actually read it. I was going to guess on the test. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple choice, right? <laughs> a little bit of the inflation news, not to scare the hell out of you or depress the hell out of you, but a little bit of that, among other things, on the way. Text line 415-295-KFTC.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. North American beef prices are soaring. We're all going to have to switch to something without meat, like Taco Bell. Beef is yet another product affected by supply chain issues. Here's what's going on, folks. Since the pandemic, demand for meat to cook at home is way up, while meat producers are facing escalating costs in labor, raw materials, and transportation. So, everything. It's like a doctor telling you, Mr. Wilson, your test came back, and everything's fine except uh, your skin, your bones, and your organs. <laughs> With demand and cost both up, in the past year, prices for sirloin, boneless chuck roast, and bacon have jumped by about 25%, a phenomenon experts are calling meatflation. <laughs> also the name of my short-lived meat-themed balloon company. <laughs> I'm sure there was a charming visual there. Um, Floating pork chop or whatnot. Yeah, uh, so look at CNN has got the most important issues facing the country. Uh, racial injustice, even with all the talk about it, down at 5% and sixth on the list. Uh, wow, climate. I'd like to see that juxtaposed uh, against how much time spent on various TV news. No kidding. And climate change finally has climbed into double digits at 11%. So even with all the never-ending you being told that it's the biggest crisis in the world, it's still barely. But number one, by far, the economy. The economy, the economy, the economy with the pandemic behind that. And it's because of, well, that, this was before the numbers came out today that inflation is at the worst spot it's been in 30 years Inflation, up. inflation was up 6.2% in October. That's the highest inflation in 31 years. It was up 0.9% in October alone, um, which was a much higher increase than the 0.4% in September when, when we were worried about it back then. So the big number is the annualized rate of inflation, what it means projected over a year. Right. And... Uh, and that's the worst in 31 years. And here's some of the behind the stuff from the Wall Street Journal. Prices increased broad based in October, as Stephen Colbert just pointed out. Everything's fine except your bones, your organs, and your skin. Um, higher costs for new and used autos, energy, furniture, rent, medical care, labor, airline fares, alcohol, pretty much everything you can possibly mention. Transitory. Everything has gone up. Uh, Laura Rosner Warburton. For some reason, they quote in the Wall Street Journal, she's a super smart person on inflation, apparently, thinks the U.S. is entering an at least six-month period of unusually high inflation. Yeah, oh boy. Six more months. I do think we're moving into a new phase where inflation is broader and where things are going to get more intense over at least the next six months. Uh, get into some more of the numbers here that I found interesting. Because uh, there, there, there's so many things that factor into this. I can understand why some economists are saying this is not normal inflation. Unusually high demand boosted by a long stretch of government stimulus and an improving job market is a crucial factor driving higher inflation. Consumer spending increased at an annual rate of 1.6%. Um, COVID-19 continues to be a wild card, obviously. They got that whole thing. But the um, companies that are struggling to get materials and are delaying orders for all kinds of different reasons, we've talked about the limited supply of new autos driven up, uh, driving up the prices of used vehicles, all because of the shortage of semiconductors. Well, how does that factor into inflation? Not in any way, not in any normal way that has ever, ever existed before. The chip shortage has affected other industries. 
which have worsened because of shutdowns of factories and ports in Asia in response to COVID-19 outbreaks. That's not normal inflation stuff either. Supply disruptions go far beyond the semiconductor shortage, creating scarcity for a range of materials. Uh, up and down the uh, the list of things that you buy. The bigger picture is we're likely to see inflation climb higher for at least the next six months. Things are going to get worse before they get better. Many companies are passing on higher costs to consumers, which lefties would tell you doesn't happen and is evil. In October, some 53% of small businesses raised their prices. Over half of small businesses raised their prices as last prices last month alone. Well, and from what I've read, plus just common sense, those who are holding out will soon do the same. They'll have to. Of course. And that is a level that has not been seen since the early 80s. So that's it's been 40 years since you've seen this many small businesses raising their prices in one month. And like Joe just said, yeah, the companies that didn't are going to have to because as they're paying more for energy and labor and everything else of course they got to raise their prices yeah literally everything else and and some of that may settle down after those weird disruptions uh, covid related uh, subside but some of them won't i mean wages are are going straight upward um and that you know people aren't going to take pay cuts as soon as the container ship situation is straightened out right that'll remain so the Kyle Rittenhouse trial Going on in uh, Illinois. Really interesting and so revealing. We'll talk about it next. Stay with us.